Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Many of us are looking for ways to support American-owned businesses, and clothing is a great place to start. Prior to doing this podcast, I was surprised to learn that less than 3% of clothing sold in the U.S. is actually made in the U.S. Dean Wagner, an Army veteran, created Authentically American in 2017 with the goal of selling premium, competitively priced apparel all made in the USA. Dean joins the podcast today to talk about his military background, what led him to starting Authentically American, and how the company has evolved over the past two years. Dean has been featured in many major news outlets highlighting his business, including Yahoo Finance, Fox & Friends, Forbes, and more. Dean was generous enough to offer a discount code to our listeners. Visit them online at authenticallyamericanbrand.us and use the code FOUNDER for 25% off your purchase. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Hi, Dean. Thank you for joining me today. Well, Megan, it is absolutely a pleasure to join you. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, it is a pleasure for us as well. You have a unique story and a very cool brand that we're going to talk about. And so I'm excited to have you and let you share that with our listeners. Before we get into all the cool stuff you have going on and um, the exciting stuff that you're going to share with us, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background? Absolutely. And I will start, Megan, with what's most important to me. And I lead with my Christian faith. That's number one. And then family is very important to me. And literally yesterday, Megan, my wife and I celebrated anniversary number 26. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And we we have four amazing kids. We have daughters 22 and 19. We have a 16-year-old son and we have a 10-year-old son we adopted from Ethiopia. Awesome. You know, I think I saw that on your website. That is very cool. Yeah. And it, Family is very important to me, and that is the culture we want to build, a family-like culture here at Authentically American. So West Point was my undergrad, you know, served seven years, active duty, flight school, ranger school, had an amazing seven years, and am a veteran, of course, and an entrepreneur, and I'm passionate about creating jobs, making a difference, and ultimately leaving a legacy. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Dean, did you have a, um, a family history of people who had served in the military, or were you the first? My dad served three years in the Army, but there was no career, no call it legacy in my family of serving in the military. And what really drew me into West Point was a call from the hockey coach. Mm. I was a hockey player, Megan, in high school, and I had two dreams, two goals coming out of high school. One was to get the best possible education I could, and number two was to play Division I hockey. And when the hockey coach called and dug a little bit deeper into West Point, I said, wow, that's a great school. That year was ranked the number one college in the U.S. when I entered, and then it also had a great Division I hockey program, so it allowed me to complete both goals. Yeah, that's really cool. Did you meet your wife while you were um, in the military or was that afterwards? We actually met between my junior and senior year at West Point. I grew up most of the years from fifth grade through high school in Pittsburgh. And between my junior and senior year at West Point, my parents moved from Pittsburgh to Knoxville, Tennessee. And great story here, but my Parents were moving that summer and came home to help them move. And one afternoon decided to take a break from moving. So my dad, my brother, my grandfather and I went out golfing. 
And my wife gets a little embarrassed telling the story, but she thought her summer job was going to be catering and banqueting. And a friend of hers had invited her to do this job. And the first time she showed up very nice to go ahead and cater a wedding and found out she was driving the beer cart. <laughs> she had some fun doing that. And when she was there that summer, had a great experience. And when she came driving over the hill the first time, Megan, I elbowed my younger brother and I said, wow, she's beautiful. Check her out. And I said, watch this. I'm going to show you the moves. And the first time, Megan, she came around, didn't say much, just gave a big tip. The second time she came around, I tried to ask her out and she said, well, I'm leaving tomorrow. And I said, well, where are you going? And she said to New York. And I said to do what? And she said to do an internship at West Point. And I was like, yeah. it's going to be my senior year. And much to my disappointment, Megan, she was highly discouraged from dating because she was technically on staff. She worked in the Department of Physical Education. But what I would do, I was, would go the long way to class to stop, flirt, and say hi. And back in 1992, 93, when I graduated, you know, iPhones didn't exist. <laughs> she left in December to go back to the University of Tennessee to finish her senior year. You know, we had zero contact. And after graduating in May, went home to Knoxville and I had two months off before beginning flight school and was looking for a gym to stay in shape. There were five of them around where my parents lived in Knoxville. The one I picked the very first time I went, bumped into Kelly in the parking lot. She was teaching aerobics. And I'll tell you, Megan, five months later, we engaged. And I think God said, you know what? I gave you a chance the first time. I'm going to give you one more. I love that. That's such a great story. I mean, think about of all the things, you know, that are meant to be, you ran into each other in multiple different stages and here you are. And like I said, I saw your family on your website and you have a beautiful family. So congratulations and thank you for sharing that story. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm a proud dad and loving husband. Yeah. Awesome. So when you were getting out of the military, um, did you ever think about staying in or did you always know that you were going to serve and then get out and find something different? Megan, I really did not know which direction. And with my DNA, I pour everything I have into everything I do. And that was the goal when I graduated and continued active duty was if I'm going to pursue a career, I want to give it everything I have. And for me, what really trigger the decision that wanted to go ahead and transition from the military was my attending school at night and went to school when I was at in the army and pursued my MBA and I wasn't always the best student didn't always provide the focus I needed to but when I went to grad school to get my MBA I found out you know what I really enjoy you know the business aspect and had you know, a little bit of acumen and found out it had a propensity to do that. So that was ultimately what convinced me that I love serving my country. But after my commitment was up in 2000, it was time to find a new career. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, going to school while you're in the military sounds challenging, but uh, did you face any other challenges during your transition? Um, like, for instance, I think you mentioned in a previous conversation that you worked with another recruiting firm as you were exiting. So you know, I assume you probably had some challenges to work with the recruiting firm in the first place. But if you wouldn't mind, could you share maybe a little bit more about your transition or things that yeah. popped up that you hadn't thought of before? Absolutely, Megan. And I couldn't imagine doing the transition without the help. 
of a third party because I was so head down focused doing the best I could do in my army career. Didn't really have a lot of perspective on what it was going to be like transitioning. And you and Orion provide an amazing service to transitioning military members. And, you know, if somebody is not working with you or somebody similar to you, you know, I would absolutely recommend that because you have a wealth of knowledge and experience and you can transfer and share that with any veteran who's transitioning to the business world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I agree. I think that the services that we offer in the military offers a lot of great services too in their transition assistance programs, but it's always nice to have, you know, the ear of somebody who's also working with companies on a day-to-day -day basis that can give you some, you know, outside feedback. So um, I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, obviously transitioning into your career after the military, you've been incredibly successful and I've educated myself on your website. As I've mentioned, I feel like I've kind of creeped on you a little bit before this podcast, but um, for the listeners who don't know a lot about your background, can you just tell us about some of the companies you work with, some of the positions you held, really just in general, some of the highlights of your post-military career? Absolutely. So after seven years active duty getting out in 2000, the first job for me, Megan, was a big five consulting firm, worked for KPMG. And that was ultimately the recruiting firm, the job that they enabled to me. And that was incredible experience. Love the clients I worked with, but love my family even more, Megan. And I never saw them. It was Monday through Friday every week. I would hop on a plane and that was just a grind and loved working with my clients and loved my family more. So that wasn't going to work long term. So transition from KPMG to Procter & Gamble. Worked with brands like Crest and Tide, and this was in the business development, sales, and marketing, and had an incredible six years there, and then transitioned to another consumer packaged goods company, Mars. Worked with brands mm -hmm. like M&Ms and Snickers, and that ultimately landed me, Megan, in Nashville in 2010. And I was look back and laugh because one of the reasons I left the army was to stop moving. Mm -hmm. I wanted to plant roots, wanted to invest in the community and really be a part of the fabric. And we moved even more after the Army. To give you an idea, Procter & Gamble in six years lived in four different cities. Wow. And when we arrived in Nashville in 2010, my wife had grown up in Tennessee. She went to school at the University of Tennessee. So this like was like a homecoming for her and it was move number 10, Megan, and I knew if number 11 was coming, I was going by myself. Mm -hmm. No one else was going with me, which ultimately led me down the entrepreneurial path and buying my first business in 2012. Yeah, so tell me a little bit more about that, what your first business was. So that, if you heard my experience, there was zero apparel experience. And the business I bought in 2012 was a great company that focused on producing dress uniforms for the military. So trousers and skirts for Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. So we produced thousands of uniforms every week. And love that, Megan, because that gave me an opportunity to go ahead and indirect, indirectly connect back with the military. And one of the things I am most passionate about is job creation. And the goal was win, to win more contracts, but started to have a realization, had this epiphany, 
that when we win contracts, we don't really create jobs. What we really do is just outbid another supplier. And that's really where this vision for Authentically American started to build because I had an opportunity to learn over those five years of leading and owning this company, learn the apparel industry. And Megan, here's a shocking historical fact. So when I graduated from West Point in 1993, over 50% of the apparel in the U.S. was made in the U.S. Today, it's less than three. Wow. percent is all that's made here. And that's where that vision started to build, Megan. I thought, what if instead of being in the contract business, we were in the brand business and we decided to build a brand? And what if instead of producing overseas, producing in China, we made the intentional choice to produce here? And the thinking was, what if we started to have some success along the lines of Nike or Under Armour and built this iconic American brand that was made here? Think of the jobs we could create. Think of the difference we could make and ultimately think of the legacy we could leave. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, that statistic is pretty crazy about only 3% of apparel being made in America. But as crazy as it is, it doesn't really surprise me that much because you think about the rise of things like Amazon Prime. And, you know, you're a lot of people like to shop that because you're getting stuff on Amazon that you could get for incredibly inexpensive but you get it and it's all made in China. None of it's made in the U.S. So Not that really doesn't bit. surprise me. Not a single bit. And, you know, one of the misconceptions we are battling is that we are American made, so we have to be exorbitantly expensive. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely not the case. The, you know, three primary things we want to, you know, deliver for our customers, number one, is we are a consumer product, so we have to have an amazing product. Forget where it's made, Megan. We want it to have just an incredible experience when you purchase our product. And then second, you know, we've been intentional. You said you were creeping on me, checking out our story. Mm -hmm. So we want people to say, wow, what an inspiring brand story. It's a story that I can relate to. It's a story that resonates with me. And then the third one is we have to be competitively priced. No one wants to play a lot more money to go ahead and make a purchase. So those are the three. We've got to have amazing product, an inspiring brand story, and be competitively priced. Mm -hmm. And you have so many cool products on here. So we'll, you know, we'll link your site when we post this podcast, but you have so many things that I think our listeners would love to wear. And like you said, the quality looks really great. It looks like some really cool looking stuff that I definitely could see a lot of people wanting to wear. I appreciate that, Megan. That was an intentional choice, you know, to make sure that happens. And there's just to clarify for all of your listeners, there's two sides of our business. You know, one is the client side, and that's where we started, where we partner with businesses and charities and schools. So I'm sure Orion has branded apparel and merchandise with the Orion logo. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite taglines for our business, Megan, is where's yours made? Yeah, I like that. That's very good. <laughs> it's designed to be provocative. It's designed to go ahead and ask ask that question. And I have literally sat with business owners and executives and said, Megan, great looking shirt. Where's yours made? <laughs> they're like, well, Dean, I have no idea. And they will literally look at the tag and it will be like Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. Nothing's wrong with Bangladesh. But if you're a company that has similar values to ours, you also believe in the American work, you want to help create jobs, then 
all of a sudden you want to know more about how we can partner with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So I know, and I, I appreciate you calling that out, that there are two sides of the business. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the organizations that, you know, that you partner with that buy your branded and custom apparel? And Megan, this is a learning for anyone that wants to go down the entrepreneurial route and the power of focus, because we have worked with Fortune 500, middle markets, small businesses, so businesses of all sizes. We've worked with charities and nonprofits, so veteran and non-veteran. We work with schools, both high schools, and we have collegiate licenses like West Point, Naval Academy. We have another number of schools here in Nashville. We've worked with political campaigns, so we we were spread across everywhere, and it's so easy to see that now, but we weren't good at anything. And we have really focused this year and said, if we want to scale, if we want to build as a relatively small startup company, we need focus. And what we really decided in 2020, Megan, we wanted to focus on the veteran. And we've focused on veteran-owned businesses, veteran-operated businesses, veteran charities, veteran retail, veteran schools and the impact has been incredible because we have been able to partner with businesses across the board but the sales cycle is just so much shorter it goes from you know six weeks to six days or less because they understand who we are they have similar values and they very quickly want to partner with us mm -hmm. yeah i could definitely see that um you know i backtracking a little bit i'm not sure if you said when you started the business we just celebrated our three-year birthday last month. Oh, awesome. Month. Congratulations. We're in that toddler phase now. Yeah. <laughs> like a toddler, we're starting to get up and running a little bit. And we're starting to move a little bit faster, but we also fall down occasionally and scrape our knee and need to get up and dust ourselves off and keep moving. But it's an exciting time for us. And I will tell you, Megan, with what we're dealing right now with a global pandemic, now more than ever, Americans are actively seeking American-made products. Mm -hmm. Well, I can, uh, I don't have a three-year-old business, but I have an almost three-year-old toddler. And I can imagine there are some similarities with the pain points on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. And I've had four toddlers that have gone through that phase and it's like deja vu. We're back at it again. Yeah. So how how have you evolved over the past few years? Because you mentioned, you know, the focus of your business. Is there anything else that sticks out to you on, you know, where you started versus where you are now and some of the lessons you learned along the way? So, you know, I touched a little bit on the power of focus and, you know, it's always easy to look in the rearview mirror, but we would have dialed that focus up a year ago or earlier mm -hmm. because, you know, three and a half years ago, Authentically American was a blank sheet of paper. I mean, the business didn't exist. It was just a vision. It was a concept. And you know, it was very fortunate. I had four investors who had similar values, believed in me and believed in the vision and wanted to be a part of it. So year one was really, you know, flushing out the business model and make sure that there was traction. And after year one, we realized that we were onto something, that we were really meeting a sweet spot that was not not out there. For example, Megan, if you're a business owner and you want to buy polos for your team that has your company logo on it, you can choose a brand like Nike, you can choose Land's End, you can choose Under Armour, there's all kinds of brands out there, but there is no American made choice. So we've proved that out after year one, but we kept going everywhere. And that is the you know, biggest 
feedback recommendation that I have that anyone that's going through this would be the power of focus. You know, don't try and do you know 10, 20 different things well. Pick one, two, or three and really have that focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when when you talk about starting with a blank sheet of paper, I think a lot of people who are interested in owning their own business, especially during an uncertain time like COVID, you know, we work with candidates that there maybe aren't a lot of positions and opportunities out there compared to, you know, how the the economic landscape is typically looking. So for people who are interested in starting their own business and they're looking at that blank sheet of paper and everything just seems, you know, so overwhelming, do you feel like you look back on it now and think, wow, how did I get here? Or do you think that there are ways that you can kind of, uh, I guess, manage it to make it a little bit more like, you know, bite off a piece, like, you know, just more bite-sized pieces to finally get where you are? Like, do you have any type of either words of encouragement or advice for someone who's looking at that blank sheet of paper and for someone who's where you were three years ago? Absolutely, Megan. And it's it's something that I did not realize that I had in me was that entrepreneurial spirit. And for example, the fact that an aviator, I was a flight suit wearing aviator, went to ranger school. A lot of my flight school classmates like, Dean, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy? Why? Why in the world would you want to put yourself through that and go to ranger school? And that was just something doing things a little bit differently and Procter and Gamble. You know, I'd mentioned working there for six years at this amazing company. But a lot of times I heard the question like, Dean, what are you doing? We don't do it that way. That's not the Proctor way. And, you know, these were big, massive organizations, whether it's the Army or an $80 billion Fortune 500 company. But just now that I look back, it's much clearer, but had that entrepreneurial spirit. And, you know, getting to the recommendation, the number one recommendation is find what you love. Find what you're passionate about. And I've never been one to shy away from hard work. And I will tell you, Megan, I have never worked more hours now than I ever have, but it doesn't feel like work. You know, it's just pursuing life's passion. And when you are pursuing your passion, you're not just going to be good at something, you're going to be great. Mm-hmm. So one side of it is pursue what you love, pursue what your passion. But then if you're going to build your own business, you also have to have something unique, something different. And I talked about for us, you know, that 3% that was all that's made here. So inherently, the fact that we're American made is a point of differentiation. And that's whether you are in a product, whether you're a service, you've got to assess the market landscape and say, how can I be unique? How can I be different? And how gonna, how am I going to give, if you're a B2B type product or if you're a consumer brand, how am I going to give that person, that decision maker, you know, the reason to purchase from me? Yeah, that's great advice. And I'm sure I could have you on here for a whole other discussion on a step-by-step way to get your business started. But I think that's great advice and kind of leads me to my next point. You might talk about some of that over on your podcast. So can you talk a little bit more about your podcast? Because I think it's interesting. You wouldn't necessarily think an apparel company would also have a podcast. And I saw that you've got several episodes, really cool guests. So how did you decide to start the podcast and when did you start it? So the podcast started in January January of 2019. And I really did not envision doing a podcast. Megan and my team to me came to me and said, Dean, we need to have a podcast. And I was like, 
are you crazy? We've got a business to build. What are you thinking? We don't have time to do that. And then they showed me a lot of the numbers and statistics and how prevalent they are. And we just saw this as a great way to go ahead and help, you know, build our brand and share the stories out there. And as we were working out the details on what we wanted to focus on, there was one rule that I had. And I said, I don't want our podcast to be self-serving. I don't want it to be all about us. So the concept we landed on our podcast was sharing the inspiring stories of great Americans who are making a difference. And if you saw some of the guests, we've had, you know, Hall of Fame athletes like Daryl Waltrip, who's a NASCAR Hall of Famer. We've had Olympic gold medalists like Scott Hamilton, you know, gold medal winner in figure skating. We've had Dwayne Allen of the Oak Ridge Boys. So just an amazing, you know, country artist. So all incredible stories, but they all have a common theme of wanting to go above and beyond to make a difference. And we continued that, Megan, until January of this year. And that's when coronavirus hit. And we back to focus said, okay, podcast is great, but we need to focus on our core business. So we've hit the pause button on our podcast, but the plan is to pick it up back next year. Well, I encourage everyone to listen. It sounds like, and I, I saw that you had several episodes available, so people can always go and check out the ones that you do have until you get it back up and running again. Yeah, we've had 20 plus episodes last year, so two a month. Yeah, that's really great. So where can listeners find it? I know it's on your website, but are you available on all of the listening platforms as well? Any listening platform you want to go to, just go ahead and search Authentically American. You will find it. Go to our website, authenticallyamerican.us, and you'll find some of those inspiring stories. Awesome. And it sounds like you've got lots of great guests, but is there one in particular or a couple that you would recommend that any new listeners check out as like a must listen? That would be Megan like saying, who is my favorite child? I know. <laughs> I know. I don't want to get you in trouble here. <laughs> No, I, I think they were all amazing. And, you know, a couple names that I mentioned, for example, Daryl Waltrip, he has fast become a friend. He decided to be an investor and authentically American. And we have been the benefactors of a lot of national media exposure. And the first time I was on national TV was on Fox and Friends. And Megan, I was quite nervous. So I asked Daryl Waltrip to join me because he is a TV pro. So that would be a great episode. Another one I mentioned, Dwayne Allen of the Oak Ridge Boys. I mean, he is just a world-renowned artist, has played for, you know, stadiums full of people, has played for multiple, you know, presidents. And I asked Dwayne, I said, what was your favorite concert ever? And I was wondering which packed event he was going to pick, which president. And he said, Dean, my favorite concert ever was for an audience of one. And this was part of a Make-A-Wish, and he was asked to go to a hospital bedside. And this young child was a big fan of his, big fan of the Oak Ridge Boys. And the only way he could communicate was by flashing his eyelashes. And he said he sang for him and he said he's never seen those eyelashes move so fast. And he had me in tears. I think he had a lot of our audience in tears, just an incredibly touching story. Oh, I love that. So yes, like I said, we'll we'll include a link to that too, because I would like everyone to go check that out. And I will too, because it sounds like a great episode. Definitely some inspiring stories. Yeah. 
Well, Dean, what's next for you in Authentically American? Do you guys have new products coming out? Or, you know, you said you mentioned that you were going to resume the podcast. So anyone new that you're looking forward to getting on or even news appearances, anything else that you want to mention to our listeners? So we have some more national media in the works and can't share it yet because I'll jinx myself. They're not locked in yet, but we want to continue to do that. But our latest product, Megan, is our sweat activated print innovation. And I wish this was visual because this is like an old kindergarten show and tell. A visual is so powerful, but mm-hmm. everyone says our t-shirt is their new favorite because when you feel our t-shirts, they're incredibly soft. We also only print with water-based ink, so it's not that heavy plastisol ink. Everything we do is tagless, so everyone said it's just an amazing t-shirt. But the sweat-activated print innovation, when you sweat, it's moisture-activated, this hidden message appears. So we first tested this concept with West Point. So when you go to West Point, it's all about go Army, beat Navy. And what we set up was when you sweat, you know, the hidden message beat Navy appears. Mm-hmm. It's been incredible, Megan. And maybe I'll include a, a link to this product as well, because this has actually been a huge home run for us. It's been so unique, so differentiating. It's opened up a lot of doors. And We've done hundreds of customized programs now for other schools, both colleges and high schools, for charities, for sports teams, for fitness fitness centers, just across the board. This has been fantastic for us. It's kind of nice, too, because if you're working out as part of a team or in a group, you can always call people out whose hidden message hasn't appeared yet. You know they're not sweating and working hard enough. You got it, Megan. You were right there because I have coaches said, Dean, I love this because now it reinforces two great habits. Number one is exercise. Number two is hard work. And I've had people text me and curse me in a fun way saying, doggone it, Dean. I'm (laughs) mad at you because the hidden message wasn't appeared. So what do I have to do? I worked harder. That is very cool. I was going to ask you about this product too, because it was one of the ones that stood out to me as I was looking on the website. I really have not seen anything like it before. And for such a cool and unique product, it's so reasonably priced. That gets back to the competitively priced, Megan, and we'll communicate after, but I will send you a sample. And what I'll also do, if you include this in the notes, Anyone that goes to our website, authenticallyamerican.us, and wants to purchase our sweat-activated print innovation or anything else, they can enter the discount code FOUNDER. They'll spell out FOUNDER at checkout, and that will be good for a 25% discount. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I will definitely be buying one. <laughs> well, that would be amazing, Megan. Thank you. Yes, I think it's very awesome. Um Well, yes, of course, that product is very cool, but you have tons of other stuff on your site. Um, I just think it's great. I'm so excited to have you here because, like I said, when I started looking at your website and kind of heard the story about, I watched the Fox and Friends interview, knew kind of where you were coming from, what your journey was like, and I thought, great story to share with our listeners. I always love having guests on here that are entrepreneurs because it really just goes to show you can start out and have no idea what you're doing after the military, which is what most of our candidates say. They they kind of don't really know because there's not most of the time going to be a career that is a direct translation to what you did in the military. And like you said, a lot of times 
you don't have that work-life balance you're working and you know i know you're working a lot of hours now but it's different when you're working for yourself especially if it's something that you're passionate about and so finding that can be incredibly challenging when you're trying to work for somebody else very true and that's another recommendation megan that i you know provide to everyone and it's sometimes even harder to keep your priorities when it's your own business because you don't have a whole team you don't have a whole structure behind you and that is so important to keep those priorities because you know building a business is not a sprint mm -hmm. it's more like a marathon and it's just a long-term journey and i have never worked more hours than i have right now but I'm also so intentional to make sure I keep those priorities. And for me, number one, it's my Christian faith, Christian faith, and number two, it's my family. So it is rare, if ever, that I miss a family dinner. You know, likewise with four kids who are very active, it's rare, if ever, that I miss one of their sporting events or one of their shows. Just being so intentional to make sure I'm always there for my family. And the third one, you know, back to that sweat-activated print innovation, I wear those every day and. My workouts aren't nearly as long as I would like, but I never miss one. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the sweat teas are almost like another, like for instance, I have my Apple watch that motivates me because I have to close my rings every day and, you know, hit my move goal. I'm always like on top of that. And so this is just another thing. You got to do that. But then you also have to um, gauge how hard you're working out by how, how much <laughs> hidden text is revealed on your t-shirt. Right. Well, I will tell you, Megan, you got it very quickly, the concept. Wait till you see it firsthand and you get to try it. Yes, I'm excited for that. So, Dean, what would you say has been the most rewarding thing about your journey as an entrepreneur? So back to my passion for job creation, because we started with just my wife and I, and now you know, we continue to grow, and now we are up to 12 of us, and, you know, the impact for job creation is even bigger because we don't own our own manufacturing. We've got contract manufacturing in 12 different states. But to me, that is the biggest impact is around creating jobs and being able to make a difference. Because when somebody joins the authentically American team, you know, we want to build that family like culture. So we have their back. We're looking out for them in the same way they're helping us grow our business. Awesome. And if you had any advice just to close this out for our listeners, a lot of whom are transitioning veterans, some have already been out um, in the civilian workforce, but based on your own experience transitioning out of the military or even getting started in the civilian world, is, is there like a top one or two pieces of advice you want to share? Remember that old show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, Megan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this would be phone a friend. And so often, I think in the military, you know, you're trained to be strong, you're trained to be independent and, you know, solve problems on your own. But more and more, I prescribe to the theory, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And so many people have gone out of their way to help me over my career that I in turn go out of my way to go ahead and help people as well. So. If people want to ask me a question, they can go ahead and reach out to me via LinkedIn. They can contact me through our website. But I have been blown away how willing people are and how excited they are to help you out. And oftentimes when you ask somebody for help, ask somebody for, for perspective, they're honored to do so. They're like flattered. They're like, wow, 
Megan just asked me for help, asked me perspective. So I think they're willing to help. So I think too often veterans are not willing to ask for help or don't think of it as the first option, but I would encourage them all the time to phone a friend, to reach out and ask people for help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Well, Dean, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you. I, of course, will look forward to sharing all of your information on the podcast and, you know, in the links in the show notes, because it's really great. I hope everyone enjoys the products and also the podcast podcast that you talked about. I think those will be super benefit beneficial for them to listen to. And I am excited to check them out as well. Well, Megan, it was such an honor to be your guest today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond, so make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.